the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Who is it that would try to bring Christianity down? As we saw yesterday, it comes from within, not without. Abounding Grace is up next. So many forces would try to disrupt, disunify, and thoroughly destroy Christianity. And much of it comes from inside the church walls instead of outside. Welcome to Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Pastor Gary Wagner continues with our message called Doctrines of Demons versus the Words of the Faith. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, Let's catch up with Pastor Gary there for today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. It says in verse 60, Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, Man, predestination's a difficult thing to believe in. This is a difficult statement, they said. Who can listen to it? And Jesus said in verse 63, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Verse 65. And he was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. And here is a rather comforting verse. As a result of this, many of disciples withdrew and not, were not walking with him anymore. And we need to be glad that those people have hard hearts, walk away from Christ. If you're going to preach predestination, Jesus, I mean, we like you, we respect you, but if you're going to teach predestination, goodbye. And many of the disciples who walk with Jesus walked with him no more. And that's what Paul is telling young Timothy. They're going to get excited until they realize the cost they will have to pay. So Paul is telling Timothy and saying to us, don't get discouraged of people you were excited about walk away because they have been seduced. They have been bewitched by deep, deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Oh, Paul's not pulling any punches here. He's going right for the jugular. Here is why these people left you, Timothy. Now, people leave for various reasons. Paul is talking about those who had apostatized and walked away from the faith, the common confession of faith in Christ. And he didn't say, Timothy, these people did not leave you because they had honest intellectual questions you didn't understand. They left you because they were seduced by demons. These people who leave the faith that started out well do so because they have been seduced and bewitched by de deceitful spirits and demonic spirits. And the doctrines they are beginning to believe that sounds so sensible to them 
and sound so more so much more sensible to this Greek culture than what you are preaching, Timothy, are doctrines that originated in the very pits of hell. They originated with demons. Now, these must have been some really terrible things, right? Doctrines of demons. You just don't call every false doctrine a doctrine of demons. I mean, you have Baptist churches that don't believe in Presbyterian church government, but we don't call Baptist uh, church government a doctrine of demons, do we? Oh, well, it's wrong, but I wouldn't call it a doctrine of demons. So these doctrines that these people have been seduced by must really be bad to be called by Paul doctrines of demons. Well, let's see what they are. Verse 2. By the means first of the hypocrisy of liars. These false teachers are not just honest men who have, who have, who are, who are, uh, have gone wrong here and there. They are liars. Paul didn't have a high view of preachers who were not committed to the truth. He says, by the means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. That is, they quit paying any attention to their consciences. When their conscience bothered them, they just sort of muffled it. They disregarded it until their conscience became as hard as a callus on your foot. And then they could sin and not be bothered any longer. They may have been hurt at first. They may have been sensitive to it at first, but as time went on and they quit paying attention to the tugs of their conscience, then they could follow these false teachers wherever they would lead them. Now, what did they lead them to believe? What are these doctrines of demons? Verse 3. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods. That's the doctrine of demons? That's the doctrines of spirits that Paul says lead people to apostatize and leave entirely the faith? Yes. They forbid marriage and they urge you and impress upon you to abstain from eating certain foods or drinking certain forms of grape juice. Now, who are these people? They would be called, <coughs> back in those days, ascetics. I'm sure you've heard of asceticism from the Greek world, which is the idea rooted in Neoplatonism, an ancient Greek philosophy that says material, physical things are bad and lowly and based, and the only thing that is good and wholesome is spiritual and heavenly things. Therefore, you are to identify with spiritual and heavenly things and don't let yourself be influenced by the various needs and desires and passions of your own physical body or anything in this material world. I'm sure you can see how this gave way to the monastic movement in the Middle Ages. The monk said, well, we want to get as close to God as we can. So let's withdraw from this world. We'll go up into the mountains and contemplate. Let's go live in monasteries and give up all the pleasures and comforts of life and commit ourselves to perpetual chastity. 
perpetual silence, will wear uncomfortable clothes, give up eating good food. Let's give up all the physical niceties and physical pleasures of life, negating any physical drives and passions we have as much as we can. And if we do, and distance ourselves from our bodies and physical needs and the material world, then we will be more spiritual. The monastic movement, of course, doesn't work because there are two kinds of asceticism in Greek philosophy. There is one kind of asceticism that says the only thing that is good is the contemplative and the intellectual, not the body or physical things, so you deny them, you reject them. You are to have nothing to do with physical drives or needs. Then there was another branch of Greek ascetic philosophy that said the body is not important. It's base and lowly and weak, so it doesn't matter what you do with it. Just indulge in to your heart's content in anything you want to do with your body because it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the intellectual. So you can see how any kind of asceticism always leads to indulgence. It doesn't make you pure. It doesn't make you holy. It doesn't bring you closer to God. You sin because you are a sinner, not because you have a body. God declared your body good. Jesus had a body. We sin because of the sinful desires in our hearts. And this asceticism has plagued the church ever since the days of Paul. There were people then who said, it's better not to get married. Because singlehood is a holier state. Now, singlehood is a calling, But what these ascetics said is that marriage puts you on a lower plane. And if you are married, you know, you've got to kiss your wife. But whatever you do, don't enjoy it. There are more important things for you. It is just base and degrading to have to give up so much of your time and energy to a married relationship. There has always been that attitude. You see it today in fundamentalism, the way there is something dirty about material, physical things. You know, one of the four-letter words today is profit. You should not enjoy making a profit, though you, you have to. You shouldn't get involved in politics, because the only thing that matters is the spiritual and the heavenly. So we still have today all of these moral problems, particularly in the Roman Catholic Church, Because they forbid marriage of priests. And what would you expect if they have these pedophiles and perverts in their priesthood? So, he said, it might not sound like much at first, but these people are forbidding what God commanded them. And once they disregarded what God commands them for their own preferences, you just slide further and further away from him. And once you think this institution of marriage that God himself established is weak and lowly, what are you going to think about the rest of God's institutions? In fact, there were people in the early church who believed that the physical body was created by God of the Old Testament 
And the spirit was recreated, was created by the God of the New Testament. You can even see it in some of our hymn books. And even this church sings. Not our particular hymn book, but similar. But there's this pietistic, neoplatonic, and it's a version of Sweet Hour of Prayer that I'm thinking of. A hymn which I really quite like. But let me tell you what the Neoplatonic version says. The last stanza says, This robe of flesh, I'll drop and rise and cease the everlasting prize. Seize the everlasting prize. And shout while passing through the air, Farewell, 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 sweet hour of prayer. Now what is the image you have there? I have the image of a snake shedding his skin. The robe of flesh someday I will drop and rise. I'll die and I'll get rid of this body. Praise the Lord. It is the prison house of the soul. The house of flesh shall drop it and rise and be free from it once and for all. What does that say for the resurrection at the second coming of Christ? We're not going to drop our flesh. We're going to rise in new resurrected flesh because I have, as I have said so many times, Jesus did not come to save your soul alone. He came to save you body and soul. Your body is the temple of Christ. He loves you body and soul. Romans 12, 1 does not say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Christ, that you present your soul as a living sacrifice. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Christ, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. You see, your soul and your body, though they are two distinct aspects of you, are mysteriously related. For instance, if you were to come up and, and grab me, and I didn't want you to grab me, I could say one of two things. I could either say, let loose of my arm, or I could say, let loose of me. Because there is a spiritual, physical unity about the human being. What did God say at the beginning when he created man? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Not a body with a soul, but man became a living soul, a living person with a physical and spiritual aspect to him. So you see, even though it may be bad enough to say that these guys were forbidding marriage, just think what was all involved in that. They're saying, don't do what God tells you to do. You see that? Be married, multiply, and fill the earth. They were condemning an institution that God himself had established. I ask you, where can you go from there? You can only go down from there. And once you start compromising on the truth and caving in on the truth, it's more than likely you're not going to stop. But notice the second thing. It said these men who teach these doctrines of demons, they not only forbid marriage, they advocate abstaining from foods. Sort of like the monastery movement, right? Oh, you know, when you eat, just be austere. 
You, you shouldn't ever eat anything for your pleasure, but you just eat the bare minimum of what you need to eat to keep your strength so you can continue to work. Maybe some water, a little bread, maybe some meat. But beyond that, don't eat anything because for you it is fun and enjoyable. So in those days, not among those in the church, but the Greeks and in the Middle Ages, the Roman Catholics forbade the drinking of wine. And today you have a strand of fundamentalism that is just as ascetic as these men in the first century. And if you drink one swallow of wine, you are sinning against God. I was talking to someone one time who believed that God required the total abstinence of alcoholic beverages, every single one. And I said, but are you aware of the fact that at a marriage reception, Jesus turned water into wine? And it wasn't just a couple of glasses. It was several barrels of wine. He said to me, I know he did. And I would think more of him if he hadn't done that. Where do you go from there? One of the purposes of wine, by the way, is to gladden the heart. The Bible says in the Old Testament that wine makes heart marry the heart of God. Here's another way you can see asceticism in modern fundamentals and fundamentalism and evangelicalism. Most churches in the United States of, of every stripe serve only grape juice in communion. Doctrines of demons are those who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods. Now, the Bible condemns drunkenness. It says, no drunkard shall ever enter the kingdom of heaven. But the Bible also says that drinking wine plays a strong role in physical, emotional, and spiritual health. We will get to this another day. But Timothy was having a stomach problem, and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Now, was that Paul simply giving his opinion as a man? No, that was the word of God. So you can see these things may look like little steps, as bad as they are, but once you start moving in a direction of forbidding what God requires and requiring what God forbids, and limiting God's sovereignty, and degrading God's institutions, it will not be long until you apostatize altogether from the faith. You don't become an apostate overnight. You don't wake up one morning after reading your Bible every day, and going to weekly congregational worship, and being evangelical for years, and say, I think... I'll be an apostate. I think I'm going to quit believing what I have believed for years. It doesn't hap that, happen that way, beloved. It happens in small steps where you start going in one direction. You start changing your mind about a couple things. You start caving in and your conscience will bother you less and less until taking these small steps, it doesn't bother you at all. And then you take bigger steps. And then you start running away from the faith. I'll continue with this next week. But I hope you'll take all I have said today very seriously. 
Many, many preachers are more dangerous than Muslims. Why? Because they are savage wolves, many of them. They are not honest. They have seared consciences. Paul says what they teach is doctrines of demons to pull people away from the living God. And because they are right in some things, that makes them even more dangerous. Because most American Christians don't have the discernment to tell the difference between milk and poison. So Paul's counsel to us, directly from the Holy Spirit, is don't be discouraged when people like this leave the faith. They have been seduced. They have been bewitched. So pray for them. Some of them will come back. Some won't. Once someone walks in the way of apostasy and their, their conscience is seared like a piece of leather, it is hard to break through that for the rest of their life. But with God, all things are possible. So let me encourage you. It's important, as we saw last week, to be a member of the church. It is a pillar and a support of the truth. And it's important to be faithful to Christ and to the confessions that you make. But understand, there are all kinds of demonic influences in this life that are going to try and get you to compromise in little things and then in bigger things. Well, you know, I, I really don't like homosexuality, but, you know, some people are just born differently. Some people are just wired differently. Oh, my friends, they are not the Holy Spirit expressly says in the Bible, no homosexual shall enter the kingdom of God unless he repents and is born again. And don't even begin to think, well, you know, we've got to have some kind of welfare system in America as long as we just balance the budget. No, we don't. One of my favorite black economists is Walter Williams. And he wrote a book called The State Against Blacks. And he showed how it is in America's welfare system that has destroyed the black family. You don't even want to take one step in that direction. Because you have to steal from one to give to another. You just stand firm and flexible in the truth. Not your own opinion, but on the truth as it is revealed in scriptures. And you do it inflexibly and consistently. I know sometimes it will be wearisome to always have to be criticizing. But that's what we are called to do. To publicly, positively present the truth and to criticize error. And that will not make you popular. Even with your own family. But someday the truth will prevail over darkness. God has promised and the world will be covered with the knowledge of God as the water covers the sea. So my friends, cling to each other. It's going to be hard enough for you and your children to survive by yourselves. So hold on to one another. Hold on to your children's hand. Love each other. Pray for each other. And understand, it is not how well you start. It is crossing the finish line that finish, that wins the race. And some people start very, very well. 
but then they fall away from the faith because they are not grounded in the word and are then prey to false preachers. So beloved, ground yourself in the word. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.